Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About It, a podcast featuring interesting people doing important things in Lexington, Kentucky, brought to you by Northline Coffee and Donuts. On this episode, we are joined by Larry Jackson and have a great time chatting with him. We hope you have fun listening in. I am from Fort Knox, Kentucky, by way of Alabama. I'm a tie. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen your apparel. Yes, I, I probably had some of that on last time for sure. Um, but my both of my parents are from Alabama, and uh, my dad was um, did twenty years in the military, twenty one years postal service. Um, maybe two Novembers ago, he retired, second retirement. Um, so grew up in Fort Knox, a little bit, a little bit in Germany. Grew up around a tremendous amount of diversity. So I think that's a, you know, that's a part of who I am. I'd say. And came to the University of Kentucky for school, majored in kinesiology. Um, I went to a sports medicine camp as a kid. I injured my ankle, which I found out about this particular space. We, you remember? I don't know. Did y'all get the shadow when you were in high school? High school, you got the shadow people. Like, like their, some some job. profession that you like. There's something like that. We had no, that I opportunity. Know. I never no? did it. Though. I never I wish got I did. to. Yeah, we. I, they. They may have offered that, but I don't remember. I don't, yes. want, I don't want my guidance counselor, if they're listening to this, to say, <laughs> oh, we had it, and, it was, and you didn't do it. But well, uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, we we, we did, and uh, I shadowed a – he was either a physical therapist or an athletic trainer. It was one or the other, but it was definitely sports medicine. And um, it was a, he was a physical therapist. But they had this um, sports medicine camp. And so I went to that in the summertime, kind of exposed me to the physical therapy, um, physician assistant. There's all these different healthcare fields that I didn't know anything about. It was at the E-Town Swimming Fitness Center. Nice. Um, that was cool. I didn't know how to swim at the time. That was not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, loved, I think then I, I fell in love with the gym. Then, you know, I felt I was I would go and get in a sauna. We would hang out in the pool a little bit, but get in the sauna, play with the weights. After This was after the courses, after we took the courses. And um, somehow, was, I guess the, the seed was kind of planted then. That that gym is still there, still a very nice gym in E-Town. So came to the U.K., got a good degree in Kinesis. Last year of my actual senior year, um, I, took a, I took a course in athletic training and decided at that time that I wanted to go into athletic training. Things had changed a little bit for the education where before to become an athletic trainer, you just did a thousand hour internship on the sidelines of a team. Jeez. And then you had to take the the test to, uh, to become board certified. But there were a few things that had happened. I don't know if you remember Corey Stringer. He, he had passed away. Right. There was a couple football players, um, Florida, um, Gator football players that um, died heat stroke that yeah. type of thing and, and yeah. you go into court and the, the question what, what was the standard of care it just felt like the the field needed more education more coaching on what to do in any situation much like nursing and, mm-hmm. and you know being a doctor and, and things like that and so I went to a program where it was my teachers were physical therapists or athletic trainers in the daytime I would take classes and in the evening time, I'll be on the field. So they still kind of kept some of that internship, hands-on experience. Were you um, working with football team? Um, for the, I went to the University of Finley in Finley, Ohio. I worked, and we did six-week rotations. So I did a rotation with football. 
Um, I did basketball. I did. I don't know if you remember. University of Finley, they beat Ohio State. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. I do remember the that. The basketball team, they beat Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I went. I did a rotation with uh, soccer, just a v- variety of sports. So it was cool to see a lot of different types of sports, to see a, a ton of different injuries um, based on the sport, work with a track team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was really, really good education. At the end of that year, um, I found out that um, I would have an internship with the New England Patriots. And so that's when things just kind of took off. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. So well, I hear yeah. about the, the yeah. experience, especially. <laughs> yeah. because okay, they're, okay. I mean, they're known for that that certain culture around there, the Patriot way. and Yes. Just do from, your job. Do your job. So, I mean, did you see that firsthand? Did you get a good experience with that? Oh, yeah. I mean... I, I did my job. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it was working for that organization. They had just won. They had just won their third Super Bowl. All right. So I came in right at a time where, I mean, just the culture, everything was just pretty much set. And it was, it was in 2006. We were humping. Boy, it was work. Just constantly working. Just constantly yeah. working. I did not know. I mean, I, an undergrad, you know, I pledged um, my fraternity Alpha Phi Alpha. Pledging is pledging. I think it somewhat prepared me for this, you know, but there were days I didn't know. I didn't know what day it was. Jeez. I didn't know what day it was. And was that during like full preseason, like gearing up or we, was it at, like off season at that point? We were preseason mode. So, okay. so they, the way they did their internship, we were preseason mode the whole time. I worked with the Colts in 2008 and I did, I did get to do OTCs where, you know, it was prior to preseason. Yeah. It was it made it better because I was able to like learn who the players were on this 100 plus man roster. Athletes don't like it when you don't know their name, right? You know, <laughs> Asante Samuel, we're sitting yeah. there, man. I mean, because I mean, this is before Asante Samuel was Asante Samuel, yeah. right? You yeah, know? before he was like on, <laughs> yeah. your Facebook, or Facebook t- on your fantasy football team. Yeah, so we're, you know, we had to weigh the players and you yeah. had to write their weight. And so there's that awkward moment when you don't know the name and they're looking at you and you're looking at them and they're looking at you. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> help me out, man. Just help me out. Like you know? names. And he's, a like, lot. he's like, unbelievable. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, they don't, like, when I think back on it, I'm just like, dude, you could have tried a little harder. Yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't follow the—I really didn't follow the Patriots at the time. I wasn't watching, you know, them or anything like that. I was—I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then, you know, so, of course, when I was applying to teams, I, you apply to your favorite teams first or your favorite places. I applied to uh, Chicago because I wanted to be in Chicago. Bengals, they were close. So I was like, let me see, you know. Luck of the draw ended up in Foxborough, man. It was, it was amazing. Do you have any favorites, any favorite players there? Teddy Bruschi was really nice. He was a very nice guy. I mean, there's just something about people that are like super humble, very good at what they do, but he knew everybody's name. You know, he spoke with you. I mean, it's not a requirement. That wasn't required, but the fact that he knew your name and knew things about you showed that he was trying to get to know you. So I I think he was a pretty good guy. He always comes across as a nice guy, like on TV and stuff, but he ruined the Eagles' Super Bowl chances when he was playing for him, and like we, we were going to win that Super Bowl. Donovan was making the last drive, and Teddy ruined it. Yeah, you've and never forgiven him. He was. Like, I can't. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. 
So I still look at him with a little bit of angst, but yeah, everyone's and now you know, like you're the only person I know that knows him. In he, was, he was this nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he was it. super nice. It just makes it worse. It for just you, makes it? it worse. Yeah. 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 So, so, you spent it was a year. Were you there with the Patriots for a I, year? I spent a year working with them, but mm-hmm. not like there because I I had to go back to school. So, um, like say if they would came down to Tennessee, if I was available, they played the Bengals. I got to drive up there to get me pass and work on the sidelines with them. Then during the season, you know, um, but that was about it. Okay. So it was cool. And they're not the last team you've worked with. No, I worked with the Colts in 2008. It was Tony Dungy's last year. Same experience. Well, it was a hump. I mean, I think that because I knew what to expect, I wasn't getting hit with the whoop whop and the whoop wham, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it felt like, you know? It's like, you know, you don't know what's coming in the first one, but yeah. I was pretty, I was pretty prepared for the second one. And I was trying to make a case for deserving to be there, you know what I mean? Yeah. By the time I worked with them, I had a license in massage. I was done with school with my athletic training degree. So I felt ready, prepared, and just wanted to show them that you miss out if you don't have me on your sidelines. <laughs> they did. And it was a good experience. And I think that what I learned from it, I just was obsessed with rehab. I know I was obsessed with being good. And the job, the internship job for the year wasn't one that they were willing to, they were just like, you've just done too much. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, so that sucked a little bit. Yeah. So if you could, so between the Patriots and the Colts, like if if they both offer you a, a job, like with the same pay and everything, who would you have? If they for? both offered a job, same yeah. pay. Yeah, at that time. At that time, if they both offered a job, same pay, def, probably the Patriots for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm way different now than I was then. <laughs> we were. I mean, athletic trainers are just kind of a little arrogant, not. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you learn everything about how to fix a shoulder, a hip, and a back. No, yeah. no one can tell you anything. And then, so it's all like, it's just competitive. Yeah. It was like super competitive. And I'd already had an internship with the Pats at the time. So it was just like, I'm I'm, I'm better, yeah. clearly. Your resume was and then already somebody's better. Like, no, I, I've been, but I was an intern here before, so I'm better. <laughs> it was just bad. So everybody just, everybody just humped to outdo each other and... It, uh, we turned out to be um, really good friends, and so it was, it was really cool. So, what point did you decide? Okay, I'm just gonna, I want to go, I want to be an entrepreneur and do this myself. Well, I mean, <laughs> was it like a moment, or this was kind of like a, like was it more gradual? Or what do you think? I think it's been more gradual because I guess I had always been somewhat entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Jason was looking at my resume. Jason Greenfield, a, um, Jason a mutual Greenfield, friend of ours. Jason Greenfield, a mutual friend of ours, um, was looking at my resume, and I was um, I was getting ready to leave Lexington. Okay. Um, I worked at a health club here in town. I worked at a, the YMCA, and then I went to a private health club. Before going to that private health club, I I went to this. It was it was an um, organization called Athletes Performance. Okay. They had a mentorship program. You paid about three grand a pop to hang out with them for a week. And learn about how they had integrated rehab, how they had integrated um, ec- like rehab and exercise in their programming. Okay. 
um, they're, they're like one of the spaces that a lot of athletes head to right before they go try out for MLB or NFL. And I think on the front end, they were doing a lot of research. So they may, it's probably like 10,000 bucks a week for an athlete, you know, that okay. type of thing. But yeah. they were t- there with the college guys. It was just more so less, if we can put them through this system free, then heck, they'll come back and train here after uh, okay. they get yeah. um, their, their buck. The That's a smart bucks. idea. Yeah, I, I also have a service smart. where you can hang out with me for a week for $3,000, but it mainly researches uh, Little Debbie products. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. No one has. No one's taking <laughs> you up that on website. that. No Man, one. you need it to get that. Hits. You need to put that out there. <laughs> no Nobody's one. signed You're up. You're putting that out there in the universe. It's, you, I, know, you just never know. I'll think about it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but that company, yeah. that company, I did three i ended up doing three different mentorship weeks with them over a three-year span okay and i wanted to go like they had saw me so much i was in dallas with jason and i wanted to see the fourth facility so they have one in los angeles i went to that one they have one in arizona i went to that one twice and then they have one in frisco texas and so he's wanting me to move to texas right yeah i mean if i called him tomorrow and so, said he'd start crying and <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> i've been waiting for his yeah, you know, well, like, yeah, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> i've heard you i've heard you talk before about that about all the different places where people have tried to convince you to move and sure and you've stuck around here instead it was easy to learn about entrepreneurship here because when i got back from new england I mean, I, I was, there wasn't a trainer that could move as fast as me, hmm. even on my slow days. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, it was yeah. just like, you're just humping. Yeah. And I think that because of my background with rehab, I mean, there's a few other things. That, I mean, you just, like when you have, when you're an athletic trainer, you, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not personal training at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't make that sound bad. So no, I told just, you I no heard, describe the difference because I think trainers are snots. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. so what's the difference not. for uh, so? Well, all right. So first off, to be a to to be an athletic trainer, you have to be board certified. Okay. So you have to have taken your boards, which means you have to have gone to a school to have an athletic training degree in the first place. Mm-hmm. So off top, you got to go to school. That school has to be accredited, just like any health, allied healthcare program, like a physical therapy school. So like like I said, some of my teachers were physical therapists. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was a competency that you had to have, like 80% competency at the shoulder, the hip, the back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before you could even, you couldn't graduate. Certain Your grade, your GPA, everything had to be, it's just like, it would be just like you going to nursing school you can't no no one goes to nursing school and graduates with a C average and becomes a nurse. Got it. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, sorry, you gotta come back and either repeat that, take that class again, you know, get that get your competency where it needs to be before you can even sit to take the exam in the mm-hmm. first place. And you're saying that's different from personal trainers. Personal who- training that sometimes with some personal trainers you can find a certification on on, online on the weekend, take the test, and you're a personal trainer. So you're saying I could be one by Monday? Absolutely. All right. I can help you do that if you'd like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can wear the badge. New line of business. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to, and to, to get there are some fine personal trainers, and there's a ton of great personal trainers in Lexington, and um, and they and, and they 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 appreciate the craft and they studied it and they went and got a degree in in um, exercise science, right? But it's just like that. One is a healthcare provider. The other is, you know, 
not. So. And I think, I don't know, when I first started talking to you about what you do, I mean, it's like so much more all-encompassing, I guess is the right word. I don't know. Or sure. phrase. Um, I'd love to hear how you decided, like, okay, I'm going to do this myself. So I know, like, Jason was looking at your resume. Yeah, I was going to leave, like, man. I was going to leave. The, so I, all the, it's, it's so interesting. All this, I've been working on my websites. Yeah. And so you have to tell the story, like, what's the story? Yeah. You know, how did this, you know, the nonprofit, how did this thing come? Like, this, <laughs> the system in Lexington with exercise, I still think it's very much classes at best. Mm-hmm. You know, personal trainers are, like, having a Gucci bag, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to train, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, check me out. Yeah. Take their picture in the, you know. Um, <laughs> right. But, yeah, I wanted to leave here because, it, like, the situation I was in was – it was just all it was so bad to me that I was working at a spot that had physical therapists. They had personal trainers and I was board certified. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm the bridge at that point. Right. I'm like the person that understands both languages. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, they pulled out of uh, of an agreement that we had and I was disappointed and I was just unhappy. Yeah. So I started looking around for other opportunities to leave and I got terminated they because you were looking around they were just say that's what he the guy the owner was like I've been around this before I know what's going on I'm like well I'm not happy yeah yeah you know and he just terminated me before I could do anything like walk out the back door and take clients so what'd you do after he terminated you I went to start training across the street and I took clients. <laughs> I mean, it was like when your client, your client, my clients, they were calling me, Yeah, you know, and um, I had found a place to, to, to train, you know, if I needed to. I went to the Jefferson Fitness Club. Do you remember on Jefferson Street, the old, yeah. Yes. I went in there, that old piece of, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I was training people in there. Yeah. And, um, well, because I think like you, there's a, there's a lot of professions, right, where you, you build this personal relationship, right, mm-hmm, and trust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it makes sense that they would follow you. Yeah. Right? And I mean, like, in, um, outside of the fact that you're good, it's just, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think trainers uh, for a long time in Lexington were, because I could talk, I, I, I'm thinking of a few who worked at big box gyms prior to like going and starting something else. And, um, the story's always the same. The organization is not taking care of the trainer. The cl- the clients come there for the trainer, and trainer either leaves, starts them. I know one guy. He, I'm thinking of. He he was at one spot and he was building his gym out at night, falling asleep at the stoplight. Jeez. You know, I mean, yeah. there's great stories mm-hmm. of some of the, of some of, some of what um, different trainers have had to go through when they leave this big box gym and start their own. That's why you see a lot with personal training. You see a lot of these little small outfits and operations because. Um, it's just more, it's more client centered when they come there for the trainer. Even like, even now I have a system and people are there and they see me, but they work out with other people because of the system. And so, because I wanted to market the system, I didn't want to market me because I didn't want to kill myself, you know, on the front end of it. So I think that's what it was. could you franchise this? What you're doing now could it, could it be done anywhere, or is it so still relationship based that? I think it could. I here? think it could be. You got you got a half a million, quarter of a million. Dollars. <laughs> you want to? <laughs> if you're listening and you'd like if to, invest, yeah. You know. I mean, that's the, that's the goal anyway. I'll always, I think in business. I mean, I'm not so married to 
mm-hmm. what I've done to where I think that the part I think that what I love about it is it needs to be, you know, obviously, like when you think through like systems and training systems and how to create one that keeps people safe, helps people get healthy, helps them with their injury, like decrease injury probability, increase their longevity, you know, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, I definitely think that it's how things should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. As you start so. to think that direction, uh, do, do you think about how to keep yourself from becoming another big box, just like the ones the trainers all leave? Yeah, for sure. So, like for instance, um, we'll always we, we pay we pay. I do, we do contracts. So you have other. I have other trainers that mm. pay rent, and we it's like it's a shared space concept right. where the other trainers they have their clients. And it's like yeah, I think this system is the best. Mm. You know what I mean for what I created it for. But you know I know some trainers that really like to work one on one all day, mm. and that's what they want to do. And I mean for them, it's like okay, that's cool. People focus on different groups. Some trainers like to teach classes. I like to do more semi-private training. Mm-hmm. So then you have the business, and you also started a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. What what led you to do that? So when I talk about just like the classes, you know, I talk about classes, environments, mm-hmm. and um, there is a gym. We won't call names. So I'll, right. I'll, I'll play Barry. I'll play Barry Obama. I'll talk about people not saying names. Um, <laughs> There's a gym. <laughs> I mean, he does a great job at it. He just, he just does. Yeah. Didn't it's, just it's, spend all that time trying to figure out who is he talking about right now? It's good to, it's good to try it, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. But um, I guess it's some good to it, you know? There's a gym in the city where they spent a lot of money on equipment, and they've positioned the gym to be just like the hottest spot mm-hmm. in Lexington. But when you talk to people, like when I'm getting clients and they've been to this particular gym, a lot of times it's like, man, it's just a show. Like you got to put on a tuxedo to go in there and work out. Jeez. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That it's all, thing, all that flash and no, no uh, meat yeah. to it. And so you start the nonprofit. I started the nonprofit. The just, yeah, just that it, like people want. I think that um, inclusivity is a, is a big part of wellness that should exist if you think about inner city if you think about our rural communities if you think about spaces in kentucky where people think mountain dew is a part of the four fruit groups and (laughs) you know and we could be doing something you know to educate them you know as well but we could care less because we'd rather we'd rather like get the folks who have a whole bunch of money and just create an environment for them to sweat and do whatever it is and i think that's I think there's obviously you want people to be able to come and be themselves if they don't. You can create that small pocket of private training or whatnot, but still have a space where other people are welcome to come and learn and grow. Um, So Resolve Fitness, we started it first as a for-profit where trainers were just paying rent. But then we um, decided to make it a nonprofit because a lot of what I had been doing was investing a lot of my time in coaching trainers on business development providing executive coaching whether it was myself or I had an executive coach that contracted time with my with my trainers and mentorship honestly mm-hmm. I mean I think that trainers you know one trainer um, that I'm thinking of um, Brian Leggy on CSS wellness he he just wanted mentorship he was at a big box gym he knew what the heck he was doing already he was like hey I'm thinking about making a move and I know this is gonna be crazy so when you tear away from these gyms like they try to come after you with the little non-compete clause that you signed that you knew you didn't know what you were signing when you signed it that type of thing he said and i know you knew know something about that 
And so all he was asking for was mentorship. I mean, he got his operation up and going within about nine months. That's quick. Yeah. And I mean, successful. He's killing it. He's out on Richmond Road. He has a group of trainers. And it's fun to see that. Man, I want I wanted that to happen again and again and again. You know what I mean? Where you're just like creating an environment where you're able to help launch another coach, another business. You know what I mean? So is yeah. that are you doing that through Resolve mainly? Yes. Okay. So that was Larry's time that <laughs> the first times around. I've did that with, with a few people. Um, um and you know i wanted to like after i did it with with them like so one african-american female mother of three um she she interned then she worked for me she's and now she has her own fitness studio um corral street fit and fierce um ebony cooper and then um bobby um she's out in what i call jeepers creepers kentucky so she is in one of those rural communities her first um gym was in a, her trailer she had wow. sitting in the trailer and she's wow, okay. getting it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like when you see that, I mean, that's just that's impact. When I see like different trainers with people that were attracted to them and attracted to their style and their brand, it's like it's just it's a blessing. Yeah. You know what I mean? To see that. So, you know, I wanna I wanna see that again and again. You know, so I would think some people would would tell you that you're just bringing up the competition like you're you're training up more competitors it makes you work hard as heck on your brand too yeah. you know so like every time a trainer moved on i've had to like i've had to work harder on my brand because the client does need to know why they are with why they've chosen and then if they're like you know i really i'm really not interested in rehabilitation i i really want to go here and do this instead you know that's that's fine you know what i mean um, we haven't kept 100% of our clients, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, is it not true that the market chooses what it what it wants? You know what I mean? Yeah, In the first place. Right. So it's like you don't gain anything from trying to prevent that from happening. So so to, to the big box, it, say, it says, hey, why don't you listen to the trainers that are in your space? Mm -hmm. Let them decide what makes the most sense for the clients. If you want them to stay, mm -hmm. if you don't, they can come train over it at my space. I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so so yeah, we're 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 investing um, our time and, and resources and thought process now into recovery and or individuals that have triumph pain and or trauma. So we're mm -hmm. looking at trauma as the common theme that we want to help people. Like so, for me. It was like being in a in a in a gym working at my passion, and then somebody just like taking that away from me. That was dramatic for me. Hearing like you'll never train in my town oh, in this meeting. Geez. You know what I mean? You heard that here in Lexington. Here in Lexington. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And now you're you're training I'm, up other trainers. I'm training in 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 said person's town. I guess yeah. <laughs> it's my town too. You know. I guess. I, I want to rewind for a second too, and yeah. I'd love for you to tell everybody just like a, a summary version of like what Synergy Coach does, because I think when a lot of people think of gyms, they just think, okay, here's a bunch of equipment, and I can go use it myself, or um, I can take the next level and train with someone. But that I think that's like the extent of what a lot of people that you know haven't been in gyms before like what their knowledge of it is so maybe if you could, I, I'd love to hear just like what all synergy coach does sure so synergy coach um we our um our goal is to um resolve pain revamp posture 
refine power to recreate consistent optimized performance. So our biggest goal is through an assessment model, we, we call it the Synergy Coach Solution. We do a functional movement screen that lets us know how people are moving. Like if they've had old injuries, if they have a joint that's just kind of wonky, not acting you know right, or it seems they're in pain, we, we want to resolve that. We want to like fix the joint and we want to build their exercise program. Uh, we have um, a bod pod, which is an expensive piece of equipment that um, lets us know how much um, calories a person burns in a day. Um, it lets us know um, how much muscle they have, how much fat, and you can track that along. You can track the numbers of our clients in the course of a year. We do an assessment where if you're interested in supplementation, we educate you about it. You take an assessment. Um, in taking the assessment, like let's say, um, let's say you took blood pressure medication. Um, blood pressure medication may um, lower vitamin B or something like that in your. And so, like the assessment after you put your medication, you put whatever you're taking inside of this assessment, and then it cranks out a, a customized plan for you for supplements where you can buy from us or you can go to Roberts or wherever and with your sheet and print out and, and, and buy there. Um, and then we do like a performance and rehabilitation, like interview. I interview individuals about what their experience has been with exercise and like we try to we want to make sure we create a customized experience for them. Uh, when people do that, um, that's what we our filter is our evaluation. So that's the main thing. That's my front end. That's what I sell on the front end. And then I give people 21 days to come and just try out our semi-private training sessions where we try our best to execute, you know, based on what we saw in those in those uh, three assessments. So, I mean, it's my baby, I guess. So yeah. I love talking yeah. about Synergy Coach, but and we've we've come a long way. I mean, everything we do is to invest in performance rehab or get a customized exercise experience for individuals. So yeah, like when you, I remember the first time you were telling me about all that stuff, and it was just like it blew my mind because I just I was like, oh, that makes way more sense than. Yeah, you know, just some show up and lift some weights. Yeah, show up and lift some yeah, weights, right? And, and take some pictures of. No, actually, I've never done. I don't know. Take, yeah. take some pictures. I've never like, taken selfies of myself working out I, I because I think it would, <laughs> it would only. I think I don't know. It would be bad. It'd just be bad <laughs> for you, everyone. I was with one of your clients a little while ago, and uh, she pulled out. She said, "Larry convinced me to do a before picture," and she had not been overweight. She was probably underweight. And she said, he convinced me to do a before picture when I started and I didn't think I needed to because I wasn't losing weight. But she shows us her before picture and then her now. It was incredible, the difference. And for her, she had probably put on a significant amount of muscle weight. And one of the other women who was there with us was like, I am so jealous of your arms. Yeah, Uh, yeah. and, And before, I mean, she was just, she was little. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was really cool to see. No, it, it, you know, I think I think that you know I'm I'm glad I'm glad when people uh, lose weight that we're trying to lose weight and it helped them be healthier. In the same breath, there are people that come to the gym who want to gain weight and they want to put on muscle mass. And she had a challenge where she you know was going to Zumba and coming out looking like olive oil. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so. Um, so for her, it's all about putting the mask on, keeping the mask, and having, you know, everybody want the Michelle Obama arms nowadays. So <laughs> that's what they're asking for. Give me the Michelle Obama that's arms. That's what I'm asking for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, wait. No. I think it's possible. No, it's not. I just checked your arm out. You wait. see, you look. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, I pulled my sleeve down a little bit. I think when he I'm looked like, over. You're not far away. Can you, <laughs> you're almost there. Get you. 
Give me the Michelle. I'll get you today. I would like to Michelle special, please. You've been doing this long enough. I'm sure you've seen that there are common misconceptions or mistakes people make. Yes. Are, are there any you can name for free? Well, because because of the bot pod now, like I think the I think the common misconception is that you eat as little as you can. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of a client. I won't call names. Who's like killing it, working out right now, burning a ton of calories. And I know she's not eating as much as she probably should. What is she? You mean like she's trying to gain weight? She's trying to lose weight. And she's not eating enough. She's not eating enough. I think what happens a lot of times is people think that what got them their size is the food. It's it's not the food. It's just the inactivity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you aren't doing anything and you were you were eating more than you were actually burning and this person i'm thinking of is, is an athlete you know what i mean and it's like okay you have like a certain amount of muscle already so for you to maintain that muscle at least and really burn fat you're gonna have to feed what you have you can't you're not gonna lose weight without feeding what you have you know what i mean so it's just a misconception because people are attached um, value to food so much. Like, oh, I shouldn't have ate that. That was just bad. They're always here. I know. The I know. donuts are always looking at me when I'm having this conversation. Yeah, fine, you know. we donuts are fine. Donuts are fine. Donuts are fine. You can eat your. You heard it here. North Live copy of donuts. <laughs> Larry Jackson said, "Donuts are fine." We, we can shut it down. We, we, we got okay. what we needed. That's it. Boom. That's it. That's why. That's why I'm here today. All right. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> they're just sitting there looking at me, I'm man. I'm like, I feel like they're looking at me. Like, are we good? Are we good to them? I, I can see. I do, they're across the room from me, but I see a little tear coming out of one of the donuts. Uh, it's just kind of. They was, yeah, yeah, I feel it, like it I feel like they, okay. I kind of want him to close the box. And yeah. I feel like they were looking at me. No, they look happy now. I, I can see. They good now. Yeah, they're, 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 they're good. Yeah, they're fine. I might, I might take one home with you me. Do that. Yeah, that, you, that's your box. That's your box. Uh, I want to talk about at least one or two other things. I, I want to talk about. I heard you on a panel a while back uh, mm-hmm. about uh, specifically black entrepreneurs in Lexington mm-hmm. who tend to leave for various reasons, and and I loved hearing you you know make the case for staying in lexington so we did we did a project that was that was kind of maybe like some of the front end of resolve as well we did a project where we hosted a event i'm gonna i'm gonna go back even further than that we had a i was in leadership lexington a few years ago and the thing that i pitched at leadership lexington was an idea on cross-cultural collaboration and I actually quoted out of um, the book we read, uh, Life and Death of Great American of great Cities. American yeah. Cities yeah. Right? And uh, where people don't shoot their friends, right? Right. And so um, what, what can a community or what a community look like um, if we utilize the resources of each other for possibly the benefit of, like at the time I was thinking of people of color, um, and had gotten the idea while, while in, in Minneapolis and um, of a, an event where a bunch of companies came together um, to have like personal development, um, like a personal development weekend for people of color of said 
five or six, you know, I think it was Cargill, Wells Fargo, Target, um, Best Buy, um, General Mills. When I thought of this idea for Leadership Lex, and I was like, oh, I'll just talk to Joe and we can have North Lime Coffee and Donuts be one of the groups too. But um, but anyways, of course, you know, my, my pitch was good, but it wasn't, it didn't get picked. Oh. I was sitting there. You know, you you know, everybody goes and they yeah, select, yeah. and everybody's yeah. walking up to the board, and so this I'm over is, like, yeah. Know. So this, like, for people who don't know, it's it like leadership Lexington uh, in the beginning. Um, like, you, you all go to you go out to this to leadership weekend, yeah, leadership weekend. Everyone kind of this is where everyone gets to know each other, but everyone comes in or. or you're encouraged to come in with an idea, with idea how, you, how to improve the community, yeah. how to improve Lexington. Yeah. And you pitch it. Yep. And then there's this, you I have to select to it. it. There's a, there is, there is a time where you, you out of a class of 50, um, individuals select the projects that they, that resonated with them the most. Yeah. And yeah. four projects generally come out of, right. of a leadership Lexington weekend. Shout out to leadership Lexington. Yeah. I feel like I gotta say that. Yeah, uh, actually, it's funny. Like a lot of people that have come on here have gone through Leadership Lexington. I mean, it's just a place to be. No, yeah, it's the place to be. I mean, it's, it's life changing. Yeah, it's for life sure. changing. Yeah, bunch of leaders, and so like, yeah. So I mean, that's a good. Um, your question is a good question. Just to, especially like. That, like it was like they asked you the question like what's the challenge that's going on in the city of Lexington and I was just like I mean a collaboration here yeah. especially from a like a you know cross cultural standpoint mm-hmm. and um, I was thinking through that and um, you know um, you know it, it turned into um, uh, Amy Carrington or Stout now she married shout out yeah. shout out to Hunter Stout <laughs> locking that down uh, she introduced me to Christian Motley who was our last guest. Oh, nice. Yeah, and yeah. Christian, uh, they were they had this big, uh, it was called the convening. And um, I got on his steering committee for, for the convening where we asked people of color, what do you want to see happen in Lexington? And what, what does Lexington look like, sound like, feel like five, ten years from now for you to still be here? It was um, amazing project. I think we're we're wanting to do it again, and we're wanting to. That actual convening reminded me a lot of Minneapolis, the event that I went to in Minneapolis where that was going on. And Christian also, he was like, you know, I kind of had this idea when I was in Minneapolis. So when we were talking more and more, we getting to know each other. It was like Minneapolis was doing some things well with this um, young professional people of color that spiraled into like conversations with different people. Of course, there was like a lot of entrepreneurs there. Um, I was in the entrepreneurial cohort. People were asking me about this thing called trap yoga. Why don't I have trap yoga? And I was just like, I cannot picture, you know, um, Hollywood and men, you know, twerking. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> is that what trap yoga is? <laughs> and it's a down dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? I'm like, I have clientele, but at the time, it was like my clients are not asking for trap music and yoga. And so these th- that particular thing, brand trap music and yoga, is like one of the things that's going on in your like your Houston's and. The cities that we're running to, mm. both entrepreneurs and just African Americans in general. Like UK went to the chamber to find out why they were losing so many Af- they were they were like, We're losing a lot of minority professors at UK. Mm. 
Hmm. And so that's why we did the convening in the first place. This was like a partnership or, or this was like a, a session that was created, if you will, to like help give some data to UK and say, hey, here's what's going on. And, and so like me coming out of it, being a business owner, I was able to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I mean, you're taking your, I'm taking resources to like have a trap yoga class. I don't know. I was like, that's like I'm doing all these causes. This this is why I resolve. It's like this is like I kept having reasons to start a nonprofit. Right. You know what I mean? And and you were also seeing like in that time, like you know, just being like being in Lexington or being a student at at, at the University of Kentucky, and what that what it feels like when what it feels like to be a student at UK when something crazy happens like. Obama being hung, you know, just all kind of things that have happened like at UK, you know what I mean? While I was in school and then after, you know, mm-hmm. the whole conversation about should the mural stay up, be down, you know, like these things, like like when you like think about trauma, like it, or racial trauma, if you will, like it is an ever occurring thing, like every time like something like that happens, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but then you have this practice of yoga, which is helps like with meditation, and uh, helps um, you, 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 there are certain poses. I'm going to get scientific real quick and then I'll, I'll shut up after that. But there are certain poses that are parasympathetic where it, it, it elicits a, a, a relaxing response. And there are certain poses that are sympathetic, which are creating like your fight or flight responses. And the beauty in being able to put together a yoga class is knowing when you're going to put some of those different poses inside of your coaching Mm-hmm. But like coaching, like breath work before that sympathetic pose. So the more that I do that, when you feeling like you about to smack somebody, you know, at work on Monday, you take uh, a deep breath. Yeah. You see what I mean? And so like. So it's like subconscious training. Yeah, to a degree. Like um, there's like a lot of the research studies that's shown on the the, the amalgata. The amalgata in the brain like stores and um, all of your pain trauma, things that bad have happened. Mm-hmm. And there's been studies that show, that's showing this portion of your brain getting smaller from meditative practices um, like yoga and or meditation. Shout out to um, Candice, um, Candice Hargens. Uh, she's a professor at the University of Kentucky that's done um, amazing work where she's um, studied meditation as an intervention for racial trauma. In wow. fact, in fact, I missed it because um, I was training, but she she was on CNN today. I want to say she got interviewed today. Oh wow! You know, so there's a professor at UK that's doing some some good work around what I'm what I'm speaking of, and so okay. trap yoga is just a, a layered aspect of that. So it's like, okay, after I got certified in yoga, then I went and got certified in trauma informed yoga, and they were using trauma informed yoga and in research of guys that were like on drugs and um, back man 20 30 years ago and they were using meditative practices and and um, trauma-informed care to help these guys who are in recovery stay in recovery Mm. and so there's like a ton of research there you know and so there's all these different opportunities that we're starting seeing in this one thing and like but all of that like you these are the people that you want to come to your gym You know, these are the people that that we want. These are people like when you go to the gym right now, are you are you seeing, you know, an enormous amount of people of color? Are you seeing, a, you know, guys and gals that have been strung out on opioids and, mm. you know, and what that did to them? And you can physically tell, 
you know are you are you seeing them there working yeah. out there you know and so are we what are we doing to like attract those people to the gym you know yeah to wellness services and so it just kind of created a a need and a niche how many clients I don't know do you that have answers your question i feel like well, i just kind of went <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because you brought it back to the whole the criticism of it being a classist structure right mm -hmm. within mm, for yeah. sure fitness for sure and for sure. and trying to break through that in some way i think it's time for lightning round do you want to do lightning round? yeah cool. all right my first question uh is a bit different now in pandemic i want you to imagine a post-pandemic world post-pandemic lexington it's good isn't it and <laughs> so you have a free day imagine that too free day nothing on your calendar where do you go in lexington what do you do i have a free day yeah man the whole day the whole day is free and it's post pandemic. Business is open. Everything's open. open. Yeah. Everything's open. Yeah. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. cool. You say open. pandemic, yeah. and I just that, I mean, that's trauma. I mean, that, that's some yeah. trauma. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. I know, I know what you do when you have a week off. <laughs> I'm definitely having some crab legs. You are. <laughs> I'm definitely. I'm going to the catch. I'm gonna have yeah. some crab legs sometime that day. I don't know when, but I will. I am. Do you sleep in? Sometimes. Okay. Five a.m. Five thirty. Tomorrow I have a session at nine fifteen. I sleep till eight thirty, maybe. Oh man. Okay. All right. So, yeah. do, so your day off though is that is that what, do you start off sleeping in or do you get up early? I start off. I, I wake up and I look at the ceiling and I say, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it, I just think a good night's sleep is just great. It is great. And I, I generally, I generally will wake up and I stay, I stay um, downtown and I mean, probably I stay on the same strip as Chocolate Holler. But I still pass it, and I I may go to um, I go and grab some coffee and some breakfast tacos from South Spot, a couple uh, common, uh, yeah. a couple Commonwealth. Yeah, my day off, I'm st I still feel like I'm gonna train somebody. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like every day is a day off, you know, honestly. But um, I definitely do that. Okay. I'm having a drink at Creo. I'm listening to Lee Carroll and his band at Creo. Um, having some uh, lobster beignets. Yeah, if I'm getting a massage, because that's important. I'm reading a book. For... All right, this is my lightning round question. It's summer, like it is right now. You got the windows down, you're driving. What are you listening to? What's today like... was a good day. Today was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> ice, right. ice cube. Yeah, all yeah, right. For sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was good, that was lightning, man. Yeah. yeah. You knew that one. That, that was easy. <laughs> all right. All right, last one. Lexington, 10 years from now. If you could see one thing change or improve about our city 10 years from now, what would it be? I guess I'm definitely um, 10 years from now, inclusivity in the wellness space. Hmm. I want I want like to see a, a, an increase in like yoga instructors that are people of color. Um, increase of um, thinking about Ray Daniels, who's now the current chair of the chamber, who he, he sold Lexadon early in the year he owned a bunch of waffle houses but he talked about during the, on the, the chamber had um, a dinner early in the year and he talked about some of the guys that he gave a chance that were in recovery being some of the hardest working mm -hmm. people that he 
had employed. And so like an increase in that number, decrease in the number of individuals um, like, like this, having episodes with um, drug, drug pain and abuse and whatnot. More deviate kitchens, right? Right. Rob Perez and the amazing work that he's doing. So that's the stuff I'd like to see. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And you're contributing to that already. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Larry, thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to Lex Talk About It. If you enjoy Lex Talk About It, please rate, review, follow, and tell your friends about our podcast. Lex Talk About It is brought to you by your friends at Northline Coffee and Donuts. 